So that ain't no pressure at all. So I just wanted to put it in perspective. Respect my homies that's involved. You understand? And when certain things come up, Ross don't address that. And that's what I'm going to respect, you know what I mean? Is that picture, is that picture Rick Ross? Yeah, that picture was Rick Ross. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes, and what people got to know, the truth is far more sensitive. It's been a while, but it's, it's, we're back, I guess. Is that safe to say? We're back off, uh, as Birdman would say, hyenas. <laughs> and the thing that's funny is that the last time that oh, we said I used it, to the last... joke before, yeah. I, I used to joke anytime I go on a hiatus. <laughs> the last time we, we did this show, you said we're back on from a hyenas. And yeah. now, it's been, I think, since August. Man, that's <laughs> that a long we... fucking time, goddamn. <laughs> but you are back listening to the RNC Radio podcast yes that is right you're not dreaming it actually did happen a month later than it was supposed to happen but it happened anyway we got here regardless uh i'm your host justin davis i'm here with the the one the only the latest and greatest josh pease josh pease aka uh never on schedule always on time (laughs) (laughs) josh pease around the world josh pease man yeah i have been around the world oh Parts of the world. Parts of the world. Like I went it, to a place I thought I'd never go in my life. What's so that? Shout out to hip hop and music. I went to Cuba. Cuba. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Who? The, I don't even. <laughs> Cuba was amazing. It was dope. But I just never thought I would ever. I never even thought about going to Cuba. Yeah. So actually being there was just like, just different. It was. It was What's the vibe opening. like out there? It's not. Are they like happy still? Or it's like oh, oh shit. They're happy as shit. They have <laughs> the time of their lives. Like it's crazy. Me and um, I went out there with an artist we were working with, Masego. Yeah. Shout we out to Masego. Shout out to Masego. Va in the house. But um, we were talking, and he was just like, "Yeah, it's amazing how like how happy and connected people are there without mm-hmm. having connection and Wi-Fi and yeah. all that stuff." Like, there's no Wi-Fi there. I mean, it's like one percent of the country has Wi-Fi. Shit. And literally, they introdu- introduced it in December. Wow. So it's like diplomats and then a few selected high-ranking rich officials have Wi-Fi. So you know, going out there like the food, crazy. Food is amazing. It's funny though. There's there's some like some complications with that even like a lot of the nicer restaurants the food is great like it's cuban food you know what it is yeah but then like a lot of the just like mid-tier and below restaurants like all their food is basically imported yeah and it's all imported by the government of course the government runs like everything like anything going on the government wants in yeah it's five ten fifteen percent whatever it is i don't know like <laughs> but they're just like they running that shit like some straight up mafia mob shit. <laughs> so with the food situation all the foods imported so it's like not too much fresh food yeah for, like a lot of the mid-tier restaurants so like that's where the food can get a little tricky, but um like it's like they're importing like shrimp and like fucking pineapples and things that you would think they would have, but it's yeah. like they just don't. So it's an area that's under like massive rebuilding. Yeah, and exactly. It's funny even like on the rebuilding tip, like it's like I saw so many buildings half built yeah. just because like they don't have like a Home Depot right. or like a Lowe's out there. So like a lot of the supplies they have to import in, and that takes a while. So it's just like it's a process of going through that. Yeah. So that, it, was just, it was dope. It's a developing country. Super good vibes, though. Dope people. Uh, dope music. Like, I really had a good time there. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to open the show with, with a new experience. And obviously, it has been a while since we have done this show. I think really more than anything to explain why life happened, I guess, yeah. like for <laughs> both of us. Um, we both kind of we took gigs at different places, and I think I've had conversation with Josh like, "What are we gonna do with this? Like, we, we're never gonna shut it down, yeah. 
But I think it was more like, how are we going to do this show? Yeah, it's just about finding like a, a, a real direction for it. Yeah. Uh, I think just before, like it was a little more free form, free form and free flowing. Yeah. And that's always good. And that's a good way to kind of like, you know, inform the guests and kind of get, you know, uh, get information out there. But I think my goal coming into this was more of an education process. Yeah. So I think just the, the, uh, the new direction we're taking with the format of the show and just everything we're doing now feels a little more educational yeah. for me. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm looking forward to the conversations we have. And I'm looking forward to, you know, the fans and what they uh, what they hear and what nuggets they pick up and what they're feeling. So They have been waiting. They, yeah, I, I, I get... Send your hate mail my way, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get comments all the time. And I mean, you know, some of it goes to me too. I, I mean, obviously, I do so many shows on the RNC Radio banner. We've done so much stuff. Yeah, you're but, Stephen A. Smith of RNC. <laughs> I never sleep. But, you know, again, it's like there have been times it's like me and Josh saw us the other the other week. And we were supposed to, we were yeah. supposed to record the next day, but I had I had a flu that day yeah. and I couldn't do it anyway. It's like it, life just happened. We both we were both uh, in very lucrative, flourishing gigs, so to speak. Which very has lucrative co- over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word. Which has caused us to, you know, kind of change the format in a good way. So what you can expect from the RNC radio podcast, and we finally got it down, is, is just really us taking nuggets and, and things from really the past and the present and the future and kind of informing them to how the world is today, whether it be music, culture, um, communication, everything. So it's like we're using music to inform our guests about everything. So like this episode today, we're going to talk about a guy that really overcame it all. And, and, yeah, and man. Re- really like one of the yeah. the craziest stories ever. And it's like, we, we, you know, it, and the one, one thing I, I, you know, we both agreed on, it's like, we don't want to take a negative route for a lot of the stuff. I, I look, I listened back to a lot of the other shows we did and it was a lot of like, how is this person going to make it? And how long are they going to be there? Man, six, nine, free six, nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was championing you on this show, man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but we can't, you know, we can't really do that anymore. And, oh, problematic pieces here. <laughs> problematic pieces here. Man. But one thing you can expect, we still have the boss nigga discount. Man. It's still here. Cha-ching is gonna I'm gonna play it right there at this mark. Boss nigga discount hit the fucking button. Man. We still have all that going. We're still gonna have the, the funniest sides and all that stuff. But I think more than anything, we always wanted this to to tell a story and to tell our story. And I think this is what we're going to continue to, to do. Um, before we get into that, a lot of stuff has happened since. Man. I mean, you just mentioned 6 9 I think the most important thing that's happened between our last show is just uh, the passing of Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, I was going to get right to I that. I think that's just, that's such a blow to, uh, you know, the, the hip-hop community and even larger than that, the, the black community. Right. I think just in Los Angeles, he was doing so much to help people and, and change his environment and, and change the perception yeah. of his environment. And, you know, that's just a, that's a sad situation, man. I think about that guy every single day. Now, where, where were you when you heard about it? I, I think it was just such, the thing about to me was that it was just such a random ass day. Yeah. It was like the day before April Fool's. So if like, yeah. so if it had happened on that day, we would have been like, shut the fuck up. You yeah. know, like people were already saying like, shut the fuck up. So I think somebody even tweeted like, it's the day before April Fool's Day. Like they're just getting the jokes off early. Yeah, nah, it's crazy. I found out from my sister. My sister actually called me. Yeah. And um, it was like a Sunday, I believe. Yeah, it was Sunday. Like, yeah, Sunday. And uh, she called me. She's like, "Yo, Nipsey Hussle just got shot." And this is before the news that even pa- like came out that he had passed away. She's right. like, "Nipsey just got shot." Like, you know, did you hear about this? And like, I instantly. It's funny. I just instantly felt it. I was like, "Man, like that." Just I just had a, a terrible feeling from when she said that. Mm-hmm. 
And then as you know, the story, as things progress, you know, you find out that he passed or he's going to the emergency room and all this type of stuff. And it was just, I don't know, like, it was just, it was a weird, weird energy. And it's been a weird energy in Los Angeles since, like. What do you sucks. mean by that? It just, it's a different uh, feeling in the air, you know, like, you, you kind of have, a, um, not, I wouldn't say justice, you know, the guy's arrested, mm-hmm. we know who did it, it was on camera. It happened like, quick, so, too. Yeah. Two which, days. <laughs> which, thank the Lord, because if it was a mystery, it would be a lot of violence mm-hmm. and, and t- like, and tri- tribulations and yeah. things in the streets. So I'm glad that they kind of got to the bottom of it fast, but it's just been a weird energy in the city, and I, you know, it's just it's it's disheartening for real, for real. Like that was one of the first times I ever felt like, yo, like fuck LA. Yeah. And like me, if you know me, I never say that. I love Los Angeles. So I'll never leave. But I just was like, yo, I can't. This city, I can't take it. Like mm-hmm. to take one of your own, like in your own hood, like where you grew up at and came back and rebuilt. That's a sad story, but it's like, you know, that's a story of a legend for real. Cause, like, mm-hmm. you know, where he banged is where he died. And it's like, it, it showed the progression of a man who was doing dirt on that block and ended up doing good on that block. Yeah. And, it was, you know, it was in a weird way, like full circle. It literally, like full circle. Literally. Yeah. So it's just, it sucks. It really, really sucks. Like, that's something I, I think about daily. That's something that hurts me daily. Something that I'm just like, I don't know. It's damn near you feel almost ashamed to be from L.A. Like, I remember that happened the day before I went to Cuba. Yeah. And people in Cuba were asking me about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like to know that that, that his legacy traveled that far and for people to be like, I wouldn't even call it ignorance, but they're just like, like, what happened? Like, they want to know. And this is like to tell that story or even to even shed light on that story. It's embarrassing. (laughs) It's embarrassing as someone from Los Angeles. Just the reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It just doesn't feel right. It was senseless. I think a lot of people were at that moment saying... Why, you know, like you said, why? And I, I even said it that day. I was like, bro, like, there, there's no words to even explain this shit. Because you couldn't make sense of it even if you tried. Nah, it, it's just right. senseless bullshit. And, I mean, if there is a silver lining that we tried to, you know, that I, I continuously try to get through to this is that this man's impact was global, more global than we thought. Even well, with people who didn't know his music, they knew the person. And, you know, there were things that came out. There were people that came out that, that knew him and had stories. Like, just people, just random people that had met him before. And, you know, it, it, it really speaks volumes to, to, you know, your... I think it was a saying, like, your footsteps are known before you walk through the door or something like that. Like, they people know you before you even walk through that door. And I think a lot of people now look at it like, I want to strive to be at that level where I get that respect. And I think that's really something that a lot of people can aspire to be. It was like, you know, that man is, he passed at 33 and I turned 32 a week later. Like that shit hit me. I was like, man, I, like he made it for all intents and purposes. You know, like when, when you're black and you make it past 18, it's like, oh shit, you did it. Make it past 21. You're like, all right, you're Teflon. You make it to 30, bro. Like you, you, nothing can touch you, you know? And it, it, it makes all of us feel mortal in a way you know it's crazy yeah and i mean he rapped about on his last single you know and he was talking about his friend that had passed but it's like you know that it's an eerie line too yeah you know like that that's a real feeling growing up in los angeles in those type of circumstances and it's just like like you said like nipsey making it so far and 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 doing as much as he did for the community like you really looked up to him and you really looked up to just the moves he made and it's funny like I, i think not even funny but just like I, I, that's why I love LA and I love the West Coast because like one thing's for sure like we gave Nipsey his flowers while he was here yeah. like we gave him his praise like he was a neighborhood hero like mm-hmm. he was a local celebrity if there is one like 
seeing him out like as simply wholesome, he's in his fandom. Like yeah. you see him as simply wholesome in the Bentley. Like yo, what's up, Nip? Like he chopping it up, talking to you. Like so, it's just like that's the type of guy he was, and like you know, and he got that love back from everyone in the streets. Mm-hmm. Like Nipsey could go from the projects and and, and watch to to Hollywood, yeah. and he would get the same respect everywhere, no matter his you know his game bank affiliation or his business affiliation. So like. I think that's one thing I am happy, not happy about, but just, like, it's a good thing that we really, like, gave him his flowers while he was here. Because even after the fact, like, I kind of went, I went to the funeral procession, and I had never seen anything like that in my life. I've never seen it either. Like, literally, I don't (laughs) think I ever will see anything like that in my life. Like, I remember I went to uh, the funeral home on uh, Crenshaw 39th, and I remember being at that same spot when Obama was elected. Mm -hmm. And, like, the energy was crazy. Everyone was just out in the streets, like, joyous. And, like, it had that same energy, although this was, like, a, a you know, a negative a passing. A passing yeah. But it was that same energy and that same, like, that same love in the air more than anything. You know, I've seen people from different hoods, like, not beefing or funking, like, because they're just like, yo, like, you know, we here for, uh, you know, something bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Something bigger than what we stand for. So, you know, like, I just, I'm, I'm proud of L.A. for that. Um, you know, R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle, you're definitely a legend. You're someone who was greatly respected out here, and your legacy will for sure live on. You, had you met him before? Yeah, you know, it's funny, just coming up in the L.A. rap scene, just managing Casey, like, Nipsey was somebody who was like a brother in this, like, yeah. coming up in that whole blog era and just coming up and just... He was one of the first, Yeah, honestly. like Yeah, yeah, just like, in that whole, like, rap scene period, like, you kind of had, like, you know, you had, like, Casey, Nipsey, Dom... Dom Kendrick and TDE, like, you and I, Pac Div, like, these are all my brothers who were coming up at the same time, and, like, we all had, you know, the same goal. Mm-hmm. So just <clears throat> different shows and things like that, but that's the thing about Nipsey. His energy was so... First of all, Nipsey coming out the gate, like, I'll never forget the first song I heard from him. It was um, uh, RSC for Life, where mm-hmm. he did over the uh, SUC for Life, Lil Kiki joint. Yeah. And just to hear a, a, a gangbanging rapper from L.A. rapping over a Southern song. That's was what like, I loved about him. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, this nigga, he he a real hip-hop nigga. Yeah. Like, he know what's up. Like, he really got bars. He really rapping over this shit, like, in a real dope way. But he banging his hood. He said, yeah. I'm from RSC. Like, seeing that video, like, I'm from Inglewood, which is, like, a rival hood almost. I'm not from Inglewood families. But <laughs> I'm from Inglewood, which is a blood hood. Like, but hearing him rap some crib shit like that, like, at the time, like, oh, shit, like... It made me proud to be from L.A. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, it's somebody from L.A. that's going to take our sound beyond lowriders and cocaine on the, on the hook his, and that type of shit. His shit never sounded West yeah. to me. Like, even on the album, I was like, there's certain shit that, like, last time that I checked sounds West. Yeah. But some of his biggest joints from that was, like, it sounded like it could have come from the East Coast, from the South. But he never set himself to one sound. And that's something I always respected about him. He always worked with, like, he worked with Ross. Yeah, exactly. With, like, you know, people outside of that. He was just of hip-hop. Like, yeah. when you listen to, like, a Meek Mill, you're like, oh, that's not a Philly rapper. It's just a, that's a rap artist. Yeah. Like, so it was like, that's the kind of energy that I got from Nip. And, like, instantly just coming on the scene, I was like, oh, like, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I'm managing my artists, but, like, and we, you know, Dylan doing business together, but I'm like, yo, I'm a fan. Like, and I never was hesitant to tell him that. And that's one thing that, like, not even I wouldn't say we bonded over, but, like, we just always had a cool relationship because, like, I always showed him love. He always showed me love. Like, I think one of the things we always used to talk about is books. Like, Mm. the last time I actually saw him randomly was at, like, Whole Foods. (laughs) And, like, just bumped into him. And, like, I hadn't seen him in a little bit. We exchanged numbers. He, like, first question he asked me was, like, oh, what book you reading? And I think at the time I was reading um, A Brief History of Seven Killings about, like, Jamaica and, like, the Bob Marley killing and all that stuff. 
So it was just like, he was like, oh shit, like I heard about that. Like, so just the type of conversations he, you had with him was just different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I just like, that was someone I really like looked up to. Yeah. Business wise, like even just like personal life, like you know he wiped up Nunu, like <laughs> like what nigga hood nigga didn't have that dream. So it's just like the way he just moved was just always so smooth and just it was something to aspire to. So yeah, like yeah, that was someone I knew. That's someone I would definitely call a friend. Someone I definitely miss and just you know like I I think that is you know it's tragic. It really yeah, is. It is. It is. Uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Um, we got to get that out the way. Uh, but. One thing I did want to ask you about, Josh, because you said you were going to have an opinion on this later on, and I never even got to ask you. We did see us a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what did you? What do you think about it now? A month removed. Nah, it's funny. I um, I want to go <laughs> did see, you see it, it again. again. I haven't seen it again. I, I want to go see it again. Oh yeah, I, I I need to go check it out again. I liked it, man. Like I think you know Jordan Peele's in his bag. I was never a fan of Jordan Peele until the first film Get Out. Yeah, we we had a, we've had conversations about Jordan Peele. Like, what was your opinion of Jordan Peele before oh, Cornball Brother? <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. And, I mean, but honestly, and that's something I've come to to realize in my older age. You need people like him. Yeah. Like I and I appreciate his artistry, and I appreciate even before Get Out. Like now, I've kind of like not even that I doubled back and went to like did my history on him, but like. I, that's how like of much of a cornball he was. I didn't even correlate him to Mad TV, and that was like one of my favorite shows. Like I don't even I didn't even remember him from Mad. Yeah, TV. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember the face, kind of, sorta. Yeah, and I remember uh, what was the other dude? Phil Lamar? Nah, it was Key and Pill. So oh, Keegan Keegan Michael yeah, Key or something like that. Whatever. <laughs> I remember his face more than I remember Jordan yeah. Peele's face. So like I kind of remember them from uh, Mad TV, and that was like a that was my shit. Like everybody's watching Saturday Night Live, I was watching Mad TV because Mad TV came on thirty minutes earlier, and it was just like the it was the black version yeah. of, of SNL. <laughs> like they had the black jokes. Like I remember all that shit. He looking like a man, like Chinese, like bro. You understand? You, you can't run that he looking like a man bro, shit back in twenty nineteen. It sucks, but that was my <laughs> shit when I was younger, bro. I remember all those jokes. They like, had the uh, they had the Toy Story skit with the sex toys that was the one that set it off yeah. for me i was like yo this is the wildest show i've ever seen in my life bro I've, i remember all that shit so it's just <laughs> like so yeah so just to see how far he came from that and the, to pivot to this serious like horror movie like he only wants to do horror movies which is dope as fucking itself yeah he like, only i wants love to do i love a good you know like when someone has a theme and a concept and they keep that shit going and um yeah like I I enjoyed the movie I like the different layers to yeah. it I like the nods to like older horror movies because that's just like I feel like that's a, a real cinematic movie thing to do nod back to older yeah. movies he's like definitely especially paying as a black homage. man yeah that's what I mean like as a black man he's paying homage he's yeah. not just coming in here and like just set, setting his tone yeah. and being like yo this is some nigga shit now horror <laughs> movie we all it's funny though like he's literally kicked down the, the door because yeah. like I watched on Netflix the other day the movie horrible title thriller. Oh um, yes, great film. I'm not for. I'm I, not. That's a, I, such an LA movie too. It was so good. I was like, yo, and it's it's good in that Chauncey. way. It's like you're like, yeah, you're like, oh, okay, this is a little corny, but it's like, yo, it's a horror movie. It's gonna be a little corny. Yeah. Like, shit was pretty good. I can't front. It's, like, it's, and if you haven't seen Thriller, it, I saw it last weekend. It is a movie that primarily takes place in Compton. RZA plays the principal. Right. So good. <laughs> With a New York accent. And it, you know what's funny though? It's like the RZA plays the principal. It's like four of the kids from the wire in it. Like it's the casting is I mean, it's it's good casting, don't get me wrong. And I think the characters are like the characters remind me of of people I've just grown up with. Yeah. Like you had the light skinned kid that had a lot to prove. Yeah. Like 
I always say that, like, light-skinned niggas be having something to prove. <laughs> like, you had that kid in there. You had the chick with the, you know, had a little money, had the little convertible. The Spanish chick. Yeah, you had the Ooh, different cheater, layers. man. I'm like, why does Spanish chick got to be the cheater, bro? Yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> I think nigga has a game, though. He was on it. <laughs> I, and the thing that's funny about that is that, like, with black people, we have, like, so much influence on social media so like i wouldn't have known about this movie unless i saw a tweet about oh, it shit, okay so i saw the tweet and i was like oh shit what the fuck is this i go on i think on i saw your tweet and that's what made me go see it. yeah and i i didn't like i didn't give it like a favorable review but i i did <laughs> like the movie like it was cool i thought that i thought that it had a really good idea yeah I no, thought the I and i thought the story was cool i yeah. thought the story was actually cool where it's like you know you have this killer that essentially was fucked over yeah and they think that it's this and like these kids have to deal with because like the kids are i think my worst part is that the kids at one point are so unlikable that i just wanted to see all of them die like even like the main the main girl is terrible like they're all terrible people but like that is a good example of like he kicked down the door for movies like that to exist because we we haven't had like a good hood movie man you know what and that's i'm glad you touched on that because it it, that movie had references and nods to classic hood movies there's a couple friday lines in there there's a couple like it was a couple of different lines. I was like, oh, okay, that's a nod back to that. And it's, it's such an L.A. movie. Like, yeah. I, I love, like, now living here, it's like, you don't ever get <laughs> anything better than having a fucking L.A. movie. Yeah, and that God. takes place right there in Compton. I think they actually did shoot on location at yeah. Compton High. Yep, shot at Compton High. So really, dope. really cool. I think RZA did the music. If you get a yeah, chance, scored it. if you want to laugh a little bit, uh, Thriller is definitely your jam. But I, I know, like, at the end of Us, you were like, what the fuck did I just watch? So I had to see. Yeah. No, Us was just, like, the thing that was, it wasn't even that Us was confusing to me. I definitely got it. Definitely was like, oh, shit. It's just Us to me, and that's what, that's the the, the brilliance of, of Jordan, or Jordan Pill. After I see his movies, I want to talk to people. <laughs> like, I literally want to talk and, like, be like, yo, like, this shit, I, I want to discuss the movie. And it's like, I haven't come across a lot of movies like that lately. Yeah. So I like that feeling. So I think, you know, kudos to you, Jordan Peele. Keep doing your thing. Cast me in the next film. <laughs> what what we've also seen since since you and I have been absent is just an influx of really, like, black podcasting, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's funny. That's kind of been on the rise for a long time. And but it's, now it's, like, it's reached its peak. That's why I was like, yo, we got we to gotta come back, my nigga. Like, we, yeah. We, yeah, we're, we're not going to be left out of this. <laughs> yeah, fuck you think this is? Decision. What up, Elliot? Man. What's popping? I went to Elliot Wilson's birthday a couple oh, yeah. months ago. Oh, yeah. How was that? I didn't, go, I didn't get an invite, Elliot, so... Elliot funny man He's a funny guy Not I know making he's my list. list again That's what I'm saying like, he, he made the a- Ancient funny list Oh fuck The ancient funny list Came out Oh shit Damn it's been a while Yeah, yeah. That came out that, that was You know Hey I had Nipsey on the list And this is This is the why Nipsey You had Victory Lap on the, on the list no, I, have, I don't know if I had Victory Lap I on the list I think it was Victory Lap Nah I had the vi- I know I might have Victory Lap on the list Cause I was Getting burned last year But I actually had The video for rap niggas and I and I told him that specifically. I'm like, bro, like you are literally the postcard for Los Angeles. Yeah. And like that video was the postcard. Like just the scenes, just like the places he was at, the cars he was in. Like that was so LA to me. And like all the videos from that album. Oh yeah. Were literally, like he he shot the uh, status symbol three literally by yeah, state. Was that the one when when Lauren London was driving? That was uh, hustle and motivate, bro. That shit was so crazy. That scene where she driving and he's on top of the fucking car. I'm like, yo, that another loss. Crazy. That, uh, I mean, I hate to say like another loss, but something else to have. I'm looking at the list now. Mac Miller did pass in Man, between. Yeah, yeah, like that. That was another one that literally I think about Mac every single day as well. Yeah, that was another one that like, oh my goodness, that shit rocked my whole soul. I don't know. The woe dance is on here. 
Yeah, <clears throat> man, that was my shit. <laughs> is it still your shit? Oh, you know, you know, it's funny. I don't think anybody's ever seen me do the wall, <laughs> except for my that, girlfriend, that, maybe. Because <laughs> that's the dance I just gotta do at home, like the shoe dance. I do a shoot dance all the time at home. You'll never see it out. You know, I do it all the time. I have to see this. You'll never see it. Josh is like 6'7". Bro, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. But I do it all the time. If you shoot, your whole damn building is collapsing, dog. You're fucking tall as shit. This shit be funny, bro. I love to shoot. You Shout have... out to the kid that was fighting three dudes and was shooting. I'm not on the playground the other day. That shit was funny. You had, uh, you had Kodak Black's first time eating Chick-fil-A here. That was amazing. Kodak Black, you're disappointing me right now, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I was championing you. But Get your shit together. Problematic peas, they're all dropping like flies. All your faves. Yeah. Hey, how come how come Surviving R. Kelly isn't on the list? No comment on R. Kelly. <laughs> I'm going to say this. Oh, I do, no. I've been wanting to get this out. I'm going to tweet oh, this no. the other day. I cannot wait till Spotify does their little year-end thing and all these R. Kelly records on everybody's list. What y'all going to do? Because I know y'all been listening. The streams is up. Everything the nigga making so much money off of publishing. He's like, not is, making he money. not making money. They, but they was like, his publishing worth a hundred million. It's worth a hundred million for a reason. Somebody out there listening, and I know they listen on Spotify. He's making zero fucking money. He, they said he got like two bucks in his in his bank account, bro. That was another question I had. How do they know how much you got in your bank account? <laughs> he has to, he had to report it. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, nigga, don't you report that you make lower when you report shit? <laughs> nothing. You did have victory lap names. You had both names up there, so technically we were both right. Okay. Uh, you had uh, LMA boot up there. It was such a great record, oh, timeless please. record. Uh, LeBron James on here. Hey, LeBron James is on there before he fucking fucked off the season. Also got Take Heath on here. Uh, congratulations to him, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, graduate, college graduate. And then it's funny, it's so crazy. I was like, man, it's just, I ain't heard Tay Keith in a minute. Then he came back with a Beyonce record. He like, That's where he was. I'm trying to be rich forever. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit crazy. Uh, there's a couple more things on here. Shout uh, out to Frankie Beverly, too, bro. That niggas don't even know. That's one of my style icons, bro. The white tee with swagged. the white hat. Yeah, oh my swagged God. out, for sure. Coach K&P, shout out to them. Salute to them for their 2018. Who would have? They came up with Cardi. Oh came up with the with the whole like Cardi. I mean, really, Cardi and Offset alone. Straight up black excellence. It. Yeah, like, for oh sure. God, like those, like literally. Shout out to y'all because y'all y'all paving the way for me. Detroit rap up there. Have an I'm, amazing year. I'm just not getting into that. Hey, I'm telling. It's funny to start with Block Party and just work your way around. I've All been. Right. I'm with the four. I started with Forty Two Doug. Forty Two Doug is hard. I've been listening to this kid. And I've been. I'm tapped into Detroit. I might as well be from there. <laughs> I'm about to go to Coney Island after we leave here. <laughs> But nah, I, 42 Doug is cool. I've been fucking with the little nigga Baby Smooth, my boy John Boy. Man, I'm, I, I, I love the D. You tapped in, huh? I love the D. Shout out to Cliff, oh, man. Shout out to Cliff Skywalker, man. But that's just a, a, a taste of the ain't shit funny list. The ASF list, that's the list that everybody wants to be on. Fuck any of these other hey. lists. That's for the community. I'm it's telling community you, list. next year I'm having a straight up award show. We should just have a, we should have an episode on the list. Yeah, we should. But I'm literally doing an award show. So like niggas can pull up if they want. I'm giving out awards. <laughs> What's it gonna look like? The golden ain't shit funny. I don't even know it's what it's gonna look like. It's gonna be the fucking golden like pipe piper mask, you problematic motherfucker. It might just be a golden pack of backwoods. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh, let's let's get into this episode's topic. Uh, this is the Deep in the Rap episode. The anniversary of Deep in the Rap was uh, last Sunday. Uh, this was Ross's uh, third album after Trilla, uh, dropped in 2009. It's Ten years old. This Damn. year, man, ten years old. Uh, this was uh, this was a album where Ross had released two albums before that: Port of Miami and Trilla. 
trailer, which like they weren't critical or like sales darlings, but they created a mystique around the Rick Ross character. Um, at that point, we knew him as the boss. Like that was all we knew. He was at that point, like it was like that's really all we, you know, it was surface level. Like there was nothing else that we needed to know. All he, we know is that he gets money, he has chains, mm. he has cars, he's the boss. That's all he ever wanted us to know. Mm. So like, what were your thoughts on Ross? Like your first time hearing him. Man, nah, like my first. I'm trying to think the first record I heard from Ross. I saw. Maybe. I heard hustling coming out of a a, a homecoming concert. Yeah, in I mean, it's, it's crazy because it's crazy that you mentioned hustling because like I'm a I'm gonna just keep, I'm a Ross fan. Like, I love Ross. Literally high school, like I had a hustling fucking poster in my room, <laughs> like so it's like I I remember hustling. That was just like a big fucking record for me, like just. And I remember when Jay-Z jumped on the remix. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, Jay-Z stamping it? Like, that was my favorite rapper. That's my favorite rapper ever. He, he had garnered <clears throat> so many important partnerships and cosigns that, yeah. like, back in the day, we didn't think of a cosign. Like, as we were younger, we didn't think of a cosign as, like, yeah. this important. But nowadays in rap, it's like a cosign so fucking important. Yeah. But Ross is one of the guys that kind of ushered in the, the essence of, like, I need to have a big cosign. Yeah. And he had the biggest one in the fucking game. And he gave big cosigns, yeah. too, if you look at just his career and just what happened after, you know, his Even albums. with, like, MMG. Yeah, you know? that's, why, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. you know, Meek Mill, Wale, you know, even, like, Peel and yeah. Rocky Fresh. like. Yeah. He brought these guys to light and shine some light on these guys. So like, even at a point where it was like Ross was, for all intents and purposes, still kind of new. Like it, yeah, it, like MMG was literally a year after this. Yeah, no, it's funny. I remember thinking like, you know, Ross. I was like, damn, is Ross ready to pull out artists? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like he he kind of had that vision, and it's just like he. That's what I love most about him putting together MMG. He was just a master self promoter. Yeah. From like the, the the press conferences and and, and just the, the video rollouts yeah. and the commercials before the videos, the like announcements of the announcement. Yeah, like I I haven't seen anyone promote themselves like that and manipulate social media and just you know marketing like that. Yeah, I haven't seen someone do that since like I don't know. I can't remember, but I, now I haven't. I, I haven't seen anyone do it, but now you know who I, I see similarities in the baby, the way the baby presents himself and the way he just like kind of curates his. His persona, I'm like, oh shit, I see a little bit of Ross in you. So like, I see a little bit of Luda in him. I mean, I, I think with the videos and how they yeah. look for sure. <laughs> but as far as like come, being out here and being like, yo, I'm the baby, I'm the best rapper, mm -hmm. and just the interviews and just the way they they champion themselves. Yeah, that's Rick Ross to a T. Yeah, I like, haven't seen that in so long, and I love it. Ross was a kingpin rapper at a time when that was really passe. Like we hadn't heard that since the '90s. Yeah, um, and and I'll tell you this much: this is a hot take, sizzling take. <laughs> Rick Ross is the best mafioso mobster rapper. Absolutely. Like, shout out to Wu Tang, shout out to Nas, Ghost shout out to Cormega, all these guys who kind of paved the way for that. But Ross owned it. Yeah. Like, when I listen to Ross's music, I feel like, okay, like, this is some mafioso. Tony Soprano's right next to me. We yeah. listen to this shit. Like, <laughs> Look at the covers. Yeah, but I never got that vibe from like a Raekwon or like a Ghostface. But like, Ross gives me that. Yeah. Even, like, even just like, Thinking about the way that he enunciates words. Yeah, I was just about to. And, and we like in that. the hotel suites and we eating crab meats. Yeah. Like, shit like that. It's like, damn, like, nigga, I want some crab meat. Like, <laughs> crab meat. Yeah, like, it's just the way he just, the lifestyle he he portrayed and the way he, he wrote, like, painted that picture, just, it made me buy in. And it's real. exciting. And, and I think that really, like, his place in the Miami, like, is it safe to say, like, he might be the quintessential Miami rapper? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think you can't. You you always gotta pay respects to the to the Trick Daddy, yeah. and the Lukes. But like you know, he definitely was that guy Another for the two thousands and and beyond.
so before you know deep in the rap came out uh mafia music came out about two months before it uh out of nowhere he released this 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 uh this song and it contained a diss at 50 cent and at the time i remember this no one caught the diss at all well, well, well the line was uh uh can't wait uh pay our bills, can't wait to pay our Curtis rent. Bob, Curtis yeah. Jackson, baby mama. <laughs> yeah. I remember it's funny, when that dropped, I remember being like, Oh shit, okay, like he definitely called out names. I don't even I, I remember being like He called out Mayweather on the same song. Yeah, he kinda and that's what made me think, oh, because he's like the Mayweather money looking, looking funny, funny in the, the light. light. Yeah. It, it made me think that something just happened. Like cause Mayweather and 50 Cent were mad cool. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like something happened. And like Ross is taking it there, but it was out of nowhere. And I think like to this day, like nobody really knows what that was about. Like, did like do you have like an inkling or like a, th- a thought of like? What nah, that- I mean, but you know, Fifty Cent was a bully, so maybe he said something behind the scenes, yeah. or, or maybe I don't, I don't know how that really started. That's I, a good. I tend to think, you know, this is all a speculation that it was like Fifties at the top of the mountain, or perceived to be at the top of the mountain. Mm. I mean, we're a couple years removed from the Kanye Fifty battle and all of that stuff, but like. He's considered the top of the mountain for gangster rap yeah. still. Because, I mean, T.I. was, he was, you know, he was a star at that point. Jay-Z's far removed. Diddy's far removed. Lil Wayne doesn't want it. Yeah. You know, like, these are people that, you know, they're in their own their own space. Russ, Russ is like, maybe if I knock him off, this will be it for me. Yeah. And it ends up being his riskiest move. Yeah, like, nobody knows why. Like, why did, like he played his hand there in, in a way where it's just like, even 50 was confused. Like They asked 50, he was like, I don't know why he dissed me. Hey, man. Whatever it was, Ross was going in. Because then if you listen to the project, it's just like, it's so many Easter egg disses throughout yeah. the project. It's like, damn. Even Tony the cold Ayo blood. Getting yeah, it. Everybody cold blood. Like, it. everyone was getting killed off. And that led to a beef that really lasted for the whole year and into pretty much 2010. Yeah. But it's all over deep in the rap. But what actually intersected with this beef is the fact that the internet... They did just like Twitter did its thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, there was a report that came out that revealed that Ross was a correctional officer. At the same time that this came out, it was it was like almost clockwork. It was like the, the narrative of the story is almost unbelievable when you talk about it to this day, because at this point, there were murmurs of him being yeah. a cop yeah. at, at one point. He hushed them all. I remember when I saw the I remember where I saw the photo. You wanna know <laughs> you wanna know how deep my, my hip hop uh web browsing goes? I saw the photo on all hip hop ill seed. <laughs> Remember that fucking gossip yeah. column? It was like the weird ass picture with a guy with his eye closed yeah. and shit. Whoever you are out there, man, you probably it's probably Elliot Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I found out dude, I seen the photo of Ill Seed. I'm like, damn, this nigga is really graduating from correctional school. <laughs> <laughs> and it became the it became the narrative. And that just gave 50 more of a you know a chance to like hop on that. And yeah. it was like really 50, like you know, 50 was always hungry for beef. And at that time he was he was still positioned at Ja Rule and Fat Joe and Jadakiss. Yeah. This 50 thing or this Ross thing it came out of nowhere at that point. Yeah. And it became all full on where it was like you know it kind of brought up another um argument there with 50 cent at the at the center of it because of the first battle with 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 ja rule was authenticity yeah the second battle with kanye was again authenticity the third battle with ross is authenticity but now we actually have proof that ross is an authentic is or or, or, or is he or is he you know it's like hey i will say Shout out to motherfucking Rick Ross for the spin. Because you spent this the shit BET so special. great. The BET the special. The BET special, just like, the BET special, epic. BET, yeah. you need to re-air that Because he said, he said the truth, they asked him, I, th- I tried to find this on YouTube, I cannot find it. He said, the truth is way more sinister 
Bro. <laughs> the greatest line. What a Who wrote that? <laughs> who wrote Scorsese? Who wrote that fucking line? Shit was amazing, bro. Like, literally, that, that's when I knew that, like, Rick Ross is here to stay. This project. Because, like, just the way the story, like, this was his time. He was like, yo, I got two albums out. Now I'm about to tell my story. Yeah. And the way he told it was just amazing. Like, I remember there was an interview that came out around that time, and he was talking about, uh, it was they were talking about Rich Off Cocaine, the song on there. And literally, he told the story. He was like, yeah, man, like, uh, I had uh, some Tim boots. I took them to the uh, the the Miami Swap Meet, the Swap Meet that was out there. And it was somebody, it was like a, gra- uh, not a graphic designer, but an airbrush guy that was just real popular on the streets out there. And he was like, what you want in your boots? Like, you know, everybody oh, get that name. Oh, this is the Fader interview. Yeah. The Fader yeah, interview. He was like, what you want in your boots? He was like, ROC. Rich off cocaine. Then he amazing. Did- <laughs> amazing. Then he did this clap. And he was like. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I'm like, yo. ROC, Rich off cocaine. Then you hear that song. And you're like, yo, this song is fucking amazing. I'm on a boat right now. It's in the line. And then it was, it, it kind of like, it was almost like 50 you know, because like there was nothing technically wrong that Fifty was saying. Like everything he was saying was literally correct. Yeah. But Ross literally didn't address any of it. He literally kept rapping, and that's all he did. It was like, who would have thought that the thing to battle Fifty Cent with was just ignoring that and just rapping? It. Yeah, let's, <laughs> and, and, I, it. and I, I've never seen a battle so interesting where it was like literally you're fighting against someone that you're saying is is fake or like. But was like I, I feel as though like it was key to his survival at that point. It was like I have to. I don't even know who wrote this plan for him. Like he had to have the greatest marketing geniuses behind him at that point because that became the narrative of the album. And this was an album that was you know at the essentially him his back against the wall. And it's like you said he's telling his story. Uh, so just to go into the album like the production, insanity. It starts off with mafia music, leads into Maybach music too from the Justice League with Kanye West, Lil Wayne. Like, and that was another thing about the album is like, he leveled up on this shit completely. Like Lil Wayne's on this shit. Kanye West's on this shit. Like these people did not give a shit about what 50 Cent was saying or what the internet was saying. No, it was dope. It was, you know, it was dope about that too. Like Ross didn't play like, he like 50 Cent was like really shitting on him the way he shitted on everybody else. Yeah. And like Ross was just literally like, okay, like, 50, you don't fuck with me? You don't fuck with a lot of people. Let me go fuck with all the people you don't fuck with. Yes. And like really show you what the fuck is going on over here. Because he was he was throwing shots at Wayne at the time. Wayne's yeah, on the album. Exactly. Throwing shots at Kanye at the time. Kanye's on the album. Uh he had he had a lot of shit to say about the South in general. And he really brought all of them together on this album. Even though there are a lot of features, it's really like Ross's show throughout the whole thing. Like it, he's front and center on all of these songs. I think really on uh What's what's the song where he he addresses the the CEO thing? Um, it's uh, it? it's Valley of Death. Yep. When he says, "I'll shovel shit, I'll CEO, so we can bow ahead and pray over the meatloaf." I'm looking at the big picture. Keep a bitch with you trying to get a bit richer. It's one of the greatest. Like that to me is his greatest line. It's like he did what he had to do to survive. And what's more, what's more boss than that? What's more hustler than that? No, what's more hip hop than that? That's what I'm that? saying. The spin was crazy. Like, even I remember on the BET, or this might have not even been in the BET special, but the way he was like, yo, like, I was a CEO for, like, my big homies. Like, they yeah. told me to take this job to, like, <laughs> do some shit. Yeah. And it's like, yo, if you think about it in the context of that, that's, like, some real mob shit. That's, like, fucking, they got a whole movie on it, The Departed. Yeah. So it's like, come on, like, who wrote this? <laughs> I even, think Scorsese's involved in, in Rick Ross. I even think down to the bars, he was saying he, he was 15 with three kids. You know, he had to do something. Like, he was down and out. Like, there are so many gems on this album that kind of, like, 
go just, just to go back to mafia music. He was talking about he was he was throwing tar up on the roof. <laughs> yeah, bro. He like literally it's funny like this like I keep saying it and I'm like this was the album that Ross told us who he was. Yeah. And like this it set the stage for the rest of his career because like the first two albums they were great albums they were cool albums they were good albums yeah but like this was the one that was like yo Rick Ross is here to stay and yeah. it's very lush like it, it's super like lush it's 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 parts of his life with very sensationalized parts of the life that he would want us to think he was living anyway um I, I think like the boss persona and it's one of my favorite characters in hip-hop it's like the boss persona is this is the same guy who's eating crab meats. This is, a, this is literally the same guy who, in the same the same song, is like he's sitting on Deuce's new Land Cruisers. Yeah, and, it, you and know that's what the saying? thing that killed me. Like, like that's the thing that like really drove it home for me is like it's not just lyrics, it's not just a look, it's not just a gimmick. This boss thing was like it was a sonic sound bed of this yeah. project. Like it sounded like boss music. There's violins, Justice League. You guys did your thing on this project. Like, Shout out to them. Yeah, I, like, I really wanted to get them on the show. Yeah, no, I just feel like the the sound bed of this project was just so lush and like just luxurious. Like it just it made you buy into who he was. Mm -hmm. And I think you know that, that's a huge part of. I think that's a huge part of whether you like Rick Ross or not is if you buy into yep. the image. Yep. If you don't like the image, if the CEO thing turns you off, you're never gonna get it. Yeah, because it's not about the. It's not about the job. It's about how it makes you feel when you turn it on. I, I think in a lot of ways, like just to even go back to like why him and Nipsey like kind of meshed musically so well is because Nipsey gave you the West Coast life, but he put it over instrumentals and and production that didn't even seem like it was it was universal to everything. Like the the boss character was something that Nipsey also took on as well because it's universal to everything. Like yeah. everyone wants to be that, and I think Ross gave us that there where it was like not as constructed well enough as it was here. Like Port of Miami, it was like all right. He kept saying it. Trilla was like, "Okay, he's now has a song saying that yeah. he is the boss." Yeah. Deeper than rap, deeper than rap was you literally he is. He drove yeah. it home. Yeah. So it's just that it, it was a that was a great fucking album for me. Like I just really was like a fan of that time and era, and it brought in a new sound. Like yeah. it just brought in like more instrumentation in mm -hmm. hip hop. I feel like even like instrumentation past Kanye West because yeah. we never thought that like you weren't hearing at the time the game wasn't using those types of like lush instrumentals like he probably had one song with just blaze where they use like live instrumentation at the end of doctor's advocate but yeah. this was the whole the whole thing project, the whole project yeah. was this which was crazy we never heard it like that's where i think the legacy lies with deep in the rap i think this was the point in rap where it did not matter what you did and who you were all that mattered was the music i think huh. it was the end of the authentic era Damn, that's a good way to put it. It didn't last that long. Because yeah. like in 2003, we were all like, we had our G-Unit shit on. We had we were listening yeah. to Jada Kiss. We were listening to all this shit. And we were like, you have to be real or I'm not listening to you. Ross was like, damn, you're you're conflicted now. Cause like, and, yeah. and I think a lot of the a lot of it is like it happens today with these younger rappers where it's like they could be problematic as fuck. But it's like if they're are they authentic? No, it doesn't matter. We love the music. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that's that's true. I think the the difference with Ross was that like he was living it. Yeah. Like that's another that's the thing that kind of throws me off about a lot of rappers today. It's like they might say one thing, but they're not living it. It's almost with like Future. Like Future, one of my favorite rappers, one of my favorite artists will always be. But like the last project after he came out, I was like, oh, I'm not doing drugs no more. You start to look at it in a different light. You're like, yeah. oh shit, he's not living this shit. Yeah. And you kind of saw that he wasn't living it. And it's like, that's not a bad thing per se, but like just for who Future was and just the music he was making, Molly Percocet, Molly Percocet, like yeah. 
you wanted him to be a little, you want to be like, you want to believe it. Yeah. You want to be like, oh shit, it's like a future in rehab. Like, you kind of want to have, like, that's kind of what you're searching for when you're searching for authenticity. So, I mean. But there was very little pushback there, too. Yeah. I think a lot of people were like, okay, we get it. Because the music's tight. Like, yeah. if that album had not been well-received and it was pretty much well-received by everyone, yeah. it would have been like, yeah, they would have did this, like, they do this weird thing with, like, Eminem and Cuddy where it's like, I wish they would get back on the drugs. Yeah. And it's like, that's like the weirdest thing you could ever say yeah, about somebody. Yeah, like, yeah. it's terrible. It's like, no, like, they, they have, they've sold you on a, on a concept. Yep. And it's like, if you buy into the concept, you'll always love them forever. That's the crazy part about you know, like an Eminem or like a Cuddy, like these motherfuckers are on drugs. They was making their best music when they were just like, I don't even know what to call that type of, but now that they're famous and have money, they're probably on crazier drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I, like y'all, y'all hoping for the wrong thing. Y'all need to be hoping they get back on light drugs. Yeah. Smoke weed again or something. Yeah. Like don't hope for your artist to like, it's like Ross, we don't want Ross to be clipping cigars or clipping fingers in the little cigar cutter like we don't want that shit like we want to we want him to rap about it you know and i think that like ross gave people the blueprint to the concept car of being a successful mafia rapper or just being a successful rapper within your own terms and your own your own limits like ross didn't have to do all of these things he didn't have to be showing off the bulletproof vest on stage yeah all he needed to do was put on a velour like a little silk shirt yeah, with man. a shirt with it with a with it open with the chains on and, and his chest out and we still loved him yeah. for that like it, it was dope for that like there's a song up there called yacht club where he says man. he's the fat tommy lee he made out with like eight broads and that like that line pops me every time yeah. because it's like yo i could see him like I feel like I'm right next on the on the yacht looking at that shit and be like, yo, that's green as fuck. Like, that's no, really that's what nasty. I'm saying. The visuals, like the way he, like you could visualize everything that he was saying, yeah. and like that's the thing that, like that's why I go back to him being like, he is the king of this mafioso rap because yeah. like he literally spit bars and I saw it. I saw him in the, you know, on the yacht. I saw a magazine in the corner like singing <laughs> his reggae vibes. Like I just see it and it's like, I, there hasn't been too many rappers to do that. And just the way he did it and owned it, and then you saw him out in public, and you saw him on stage, and you're like, oh shit, you do look like a fucking mafia boss. Right. Like, shit was just, it was iconic, man. Like, shout out to the whole team that put that together. Shout out to Shakira Stewart. Yes, R.I.P. Was- Shakira Stewart. Actually, like, he was instrumental in in, in Ross and Jeezy. Honestly, yeah, he passed right before this album came out. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's like he, you know, like that's one of the, you know, one of the go ANRs. Like he really kind of like. You know, listen to his album. Like yeah. he really put his stamp on it. Listen to Jeezy album. Like he put his stamp on it and really helped bring that to life. So shout out to him. There's that he was like one of the first like superstar A and R's at the time too. I think yeah. a lot of people who are like popping A and R's now, like they use that mold as well. Like that's the concept of, yeah. of what it is. And and I think that Ross is is a huge example of someone who for all intents and purposes, should have quote unquote lost. Yeah, nah, man. And Ross he shouldn't have made it past that photo. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, because he was looking wild. The whole CO <laughs> outfit with his like gut and like a little fupa hanging over. I'm like, damn, bro. It's that's why I say like this is like a movie. Like this is literally like, and he did not. He, you didn't even see him sweat. Like you didn't see him do anything. Like, he was like, yo, like I'm I'm good. Like we're gonna handle this. We're gonna put the album out. And he actually says it on one interview. He's like, I'm gonna let the music speak for itself. It was almost like a boxer talking, like I'm gonna let my, I'm gonna let what I do in the ring speak for itself, and and really that's that's where it came to, and uh, so you know, deep in the rap, I think is an essential album for anyone listening to this oh, podcast. God. Listen to it this month, listen to it next month, listen to it all summer. I listen to this usually around March, April, May. I think the the music kind of 
then I move on to like Teflon Don, which is coming up on 10 years next year. <laughs> that's going to be 10 years next year, which is insane. But um, that, that's a classic album. I have a question for you. What, what, what was your uh, least favorite song on that album? On Deep in the Rap? Yeah. Uh, I got mine. Face. I got mine. Wow, this is mine too. Yeah, Face. That shit felt so out of place yeah, on the record. Like sonically, that was the one that didn't make the most sense. But it, it, it had Trina on it. Kind of paying homage to just the three hundred five and yeah. not just like you know the slip and slide days. So I, I think it. It, it the where where it comes it's it's right before his two most introspective songs yeah. too. Where it's like that I feel like it could have fit on Trilla. Like I, that's the one where it's like if I if I'm listening to it I'll probably skip right past it. But it's like you know if it comes on just on a random like on a shuffle I won't skip past it. It's just yeah. it's it's also a really vulgar I'm getting song. Yeah, like it is, it is. like Ross has a penchant for being very 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 vulgar, and that's like. The album isn't too vulgar until you get to that part of the of the fucking album, but that's probably like the 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 song I'm not going back to. But I mean, I still think that Deeper in the Rap is my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite Ross album. I'll say yeah, that. no, it's up there. I think uh, I'm trying to think of what would be my second. I think it's I think it's Deeper in the Rap is my favorite. Trill is really up there for me. I, I think Maybach Music Part One is like undeniable. I really, you know what, I. Teflon Don, the next that was the one where I was like, okay, Rick Ross, yeah, because like, that just that energy of that album, that like summer. that was the that was the fucking that was the Lex Luger summer, yeah. So it's like I just it's so many records from that album, and then just like the records around it, the freestyles yeah. he dropped. That's when he started. Albert Anastasia, yeah, like man. Speaking of uh, speaking of Birdman earlier, hyenas, yo, <laughs> the H that mixtape with Birdman and, and and Rick Ross. Amazing. He put out a lot of projects and mixtapes in between yeah. albums at that time. To keep shit going. Like, I would that was, say that he, he started that shit too. I mean, but who did he get it from? 50 Cent. Yeah. Like, literally, like, it was just the blueprint that he just, like, he applied all the lessons he saw and just put it all together. He's like, a student of the game. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's why we got to appreciate Rick Ross more because he literally is a student of the game. Like, there's not too many rappers who, like, really study this shit and really appreciate this culture. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people are just like, oh, this is a quick money thing. But, like, Ross really appreciated the culture of it. Because who else would go back to Toomp or DJ Premier yeah. or show respect to Raekwon? I mean, even you look at Deeper the Rap, like, you look Nas at... Nas like, is on it. Yeah, Nas is on it. Foxy Brown is mm-hmm. on it. Like, those are like... That wasn't a, a go-to feature at the time. Yeah. Uh, is Jay-Z on it, too? No. Oh, okay. He's, 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 he's on the had, next album. He's on the next album. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one he wasn't on. He has, he has songs with Nas and Jay-Z. Yeah. At a time <laughs> when they were still, like, kind of beefing. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I just always I always appreciated the way Nas, not Nas, but Rick Ross came at the game because you could tell that he studied everything that was going on. And, and I just think he, like... adding his layers. And on Usual Suspects, the song on, on Deep in the Rap, he lightweight was hanging with Nas. Like, it, it oh, was... Oh, bro. <laughs> like, I was like, when I first heard it, I was like, yo, is Ross an elite rapper here? Like... Man, I, I mean, at the... Now, looking back, Ross is an elite rapper. Yeah. Like, that was him proving himself. Yeah. Like, he went toe-to-toe with Nas. Like, even the, the uh, joint with fucking Foxy, Murder Mommy's like, he was barring up on there. Yeah. So it's just like, I, I you know, I always, always like the way Ross approached the game. I always like the way he approached music because he really, like, he wasn't just, this wasn't a quick buck to him. Yeah. He really appreciated this shit. True student of the game. Uh, shout out to Rick Ross. Shout out to Deep in the Rap once again. Listen to the album. It's on every streaming service right now. Buy it. I have like two copies of the album. It's the the actually actual inside booklet is classic photos. I think Johnny Man- Jonathan Mannion did yep. those too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, which is again, student of the game. Like he yeah. wanted, he framed his, he framed MMG after Rockefeller. Like clearly, like that. That's what he had. He had his Beanie Siegel. He had his Kanye in yeah. Wale. Like that's where he framed everything from. And shout out to to, to Rick Ross. 
uh, once again, this is the episode. Oh, man. This has been RC Radio. We back. We back. Uh, next month, I, th- I guess we can reveal the, the next two months of, of shows we'll be doing. Next month, we'll be doing The Diplomats, just talking about the summer of 2004 man. of The Diplomats. I remember that summer very vividly. Very, very, very crazy. I'll tell you guys why I remember that summer <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> so we'll be talking about, once again, like the, the concept and the story behind it and how it kind of affected Josh and, and Josh's life and mine as well. Uh, and then in June... This will be the heat of the summer. We're going to do cash money, the cash money collection. Man. We're going to talk about some of our favorite cash money things. Um, in lieu of cash money's whole, you know, pretty much their whole catalog being on streaming now, which is kind of insane. Yeah, that episode I'm actually just going to be, it's going to be like uh, what an hour and 30 minutes of me just reciting every single line from Ball of <laughs> I know that movie by heart, so it'll just be me just reciting every character. We should watch line. the movie in pre- preparation for that. We should. I, honestly, or you bro, should be on late fees. Fuck it. I, y- y'all want to do that? Because literally. We could. We can, you could be on late bro, fees. Bro, you don't understand. There's so many <laughs> Easter eggs in that film. This is going to be your best episode yet. <laughs> well, well, let, maybe, let, let's like pencil that in. Josh right. P's on late fees in June. We'll have a cash money episode in June. Um, it's gonna be fucking spectacular. Always, as always, you can check us out at, on Twitter at RNC Radio Live. We have so many playlists this week. We had the reggaeton playlist from from our homeboy Brian. Uh, he did that for us last week. We have the Something in the Water playlist that just dropped uh, a couple of days ago for the Something in the Water festival. Uh, as of this recording, it's gonna be going on tomorrow. In Virginia, really bummed out. I'm not gonna be there. Yeah, no, I was I was trying to slide out there too. This is big for. Is the, it Masego? He's gonna yeah, Masego's uh, on the stage. Um, that's the only artist we got out there, but that's gonna be a, that's gonna be huge just for Virginia and just like I hope that they keep it going. They're doing everything. Yeah, I think weekend, Puma right? did the celebrity basketball game today, yeah. so it's like yeah, nah, that's that's a vibe. Like Virginia needed that, and I think. Shout out to Pharrell, because it literally is something in the water. Yeah, A lot of sure. talent came out of there, and I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Including yours truly. You feel me? One of the... You know, I, I was talking to Cam. Shout out to Cam the other day. He said, I'm going to Miami in a couple weeks to the to the Association of Black Journalists uh, convention. I was like, well, why, why the fuck wasn't I called? Man, that's that. what the fuck is that? If I see Elliot Wilson on the bill, bruh... Is that Elliot Wilson and Stephen A just having a, a pile having saying, lunch? That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> Elliot, what's up? I'm a, I'm gonna keep trolling Elliot because I know he listens to this show. I'm gonna keep trolling Elliot every single episode until he's either on this show or we on title. What's uh, up? You are gonna be my Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Elliot couldn't make it this week, but uh, we have that we have that playlist. We also have the warmth playlist uh, curated by All Things Dante and Mills. Uh, as always, we also have shows like Late Fees and the A Show and stuff like that. You can follow us our Twitter to get more information on those. Until next month. Josh, thank you for being on the show. No, nah, thank you for like, coming by, man. Like you're, you know, we're we're both guests to to everything here. Uh, until next time, I'm glad to be back. RNC Radio uh, podcast is back. We're on point here. Thank you for listening. Send us, you know, any you know any type of feedback or shit. Yeah, like that. no, I like talking to the the, the people, man. They've been waiting for you to come back. Honestly, no, hey, holla at me, man. Josh and Peas on all socials. I'm here. My DMs are open. Ciao. Nah, don't tell me DMs. Don't tell me your DMs are open. That will be sending you some crazy shit. Let me ask you for free ain't shit funny gear. You'll be you're sending the link. Nah, ain't shit funny.com is never closed. I saw the shirt last week that I don't even have. How did you do that? I don't know, man. It's still up on the site. It's so Orlando, you'll be getting a free a refund soon. Shout out to Orlando and shout out to you guys for until until next month for RNC Radio Podcast. Peace out.